You ever wondered why we celebrate Christmas on December 25th, the birth of Jesus? I mean, scholars are pretty clear that we don't really know the day that Jesus was born, exactly what day. I guess we have a one in 365 chance that we're right. But before you take your Christmas presents back and take back your gifts for the staff, of course, this time of year, I want to assure you there's good reason why the early Christians celebrated Christmas on December 25th. We'll come back to that in just a little bit. Let's open with a prayer as we open our time in the word this evening. God, we give thanks for this gift that we have sung about tonight for Jesus and for his birth into this world. And God, we stand at a time where darkness is still present and we need your light in the midst of our world today. And so God, our hope, our prayer is that you would come again, that Jesus uh, promise would be fulfilled in the end. And we wait, God, we wait just as those waited on his first entry in the world. We wait on him to return. God, this evening, I pray that you would pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, earlier we heard a video, at least as we were beginning our service, uh, that was Linus reading the Christmas story. Linus read those words out of the Gospel of Luke. In fact, uh, when you look at the Bible, there's four Gospels that tell the story of Jesus, and we get our Christmas story mostly from Matthew and Luke. They tell the story about the birth, and uh, Mark, the Gospel of Mark, really just kind of enters right into the action. It's the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and he's much older in that story. The Gospel of John also tells the story of Jesus. It's a little more poetic, a little different than the story of just the birth and what happened around the manger with the shepherds and the magi. The story of John, though, has a background to it. And for the first listeners to that story, you would have heard the story of the Gospel of John, chapter 1, the Christmas story there. There's an allusion in the first three words that takes them back to a story earlier in their story. Because the first three words in the Gospel of John are, in the beginning. And if you've ever tried to start that resolution, you may begin again this year of reading all the way through the Bible, uh, you'll come across those words day one. Genesis 1 tells the story of creation, and it tells it with those three words as the beginning point. So if you have your Bibles or your tablets or phones, feel free to open there with me to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Listen to how the story begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, from the very beginning of time, this has been a story about dark and light. The story begins in darkness. It begins in chaos. It begins with not much here, and God steps into that darkness. And I want you to notice what he does in verse 3. It's not even an act. It's a spoken word that begins this act of creation to what we have today. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we've seen this over the last few weeks. I've tried to talk about how as we uh, think about light, it shows up this theme throughout Scripture. And darkness is a prevalent theme as well. And God is trying to always enter into the world. And every time God seems to show up on the scene, light follows closely behind. We saw that from the creation story, how God brings light into darkness. We saw this in the story of Israel as it goes along. There's, uh, as they're in the wilderness and wandering, God guides them and he's a cloud by day, but by night he leads them as a pillar of fire. Later on in the story, Elijah needs God to show up in a scene and he pours down fire from the heavens to burn up the sacrifice that proved that 
Elijah's God truly was God. And in John chapter 1, the writer of that gospel, John, who spent time with Jesus, he he begins this story by going back to Genesis to talk about a story about dark and light, but then he resurrects this theme in his gospel. All through, you see this idea of dark and light. So John 1 is where I'd like to read this evening a different Christmas story, maybe than most of us think about with nativity scenes. John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing has, was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So John writes about this word and this word is the one who created with God in the beginning. It's referring to Jesus and it talks about a light that overcomes all the darkness. This story also talks about John, John Jesus's cousin who testifies to the light that's on his way. You see, there had been prophecies for years that a light would enter into the darkness of the people of Israel. It would be a hope that would change human history. And in John chapter 1, this is a unique moment. God enters into his own story that he's writing. He enters in through Jesus. He chooses to enter into the world, not in a palace, but in a manger of all places. When Jesus grows up, he continues to talk about this idea of light. In John 8 verse 12, he refers to himself as the light. Listen to this again. John 8 again verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is wonderful news. Again, Jesus refers to himself and he says, you've lived in darkness, but now that promised one that Isaiah told you about, that would enter in with light. I'm the one that has been promised. Light is entering in once again. And yet Jesus faces darkness throughout his ministry. Faces challenge. Just because we're righteous doesn't mean there aren't going to be painful moments or sacrificial moments in our lives. Dark is always present, as we know today. And at the end of Jesus' life, at least his first portion of life, he, he dies on a cross as we celebrated at the Lord's Supper just a moment ago. And when he dies, for three hours, darkness covers the surface of the earth. It looks as if light is being snuffed out all over again. It looks as if darkness is going to win. But three days later, Jesus rises from the dead and darkness is not overcome. The promise of John 1 verse 5 is still true. Again, it reads, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So I'm curious as you think about our world today, doesn't it seem sometimes as if darkness is winning? As if darkness is going to get the final word, as if light doesn't stand a chance. But the story that we tell, that we renew it each year at Christmas is a story where we commit ourselves again to the hope and the belief that light in the end will win. See, it's easy to believe that that light is Jesus. But when he leaves, when he is resurrected and he ascends to the Father, it can be easy to look around and wonder, is there really light that will win but in the end of all things, in, in the last chapter of the Bible, in Revelation 22, it comes right back to this theme about light. 
And I want to give you a word of hope tonight as you think to the future, not just about the world as it is, but the world as it will one day be. This is the promise that's there in Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. The Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. We've been through all of the Bible already tonight, right? Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. The theme is there. It's ever present. This Jesus who enters in as a baby under the cover of night is the light that will one day shine. There will be no more night in the end. But what about our lives in 2017, right? We're not yet to the end of all things and and Jesus isn't present with us today, at least in person. What hope is there for light in our dark world? It can be easy tonight to forget that reality. And just like our world is dark, Jesus was born into a dark world. And after he was killed on a cross, things got dark again. But I want you to notice that it's not just Jesus who's the light of the world. This is remarkable. This is, comes out of Matthew chapter 5. It's Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. You ought to read the whole thing later on. It's a great message. But Matthew chapter 5, this is what Jesus says to his disciples. And I would submit he would encourage us with the same words tonight. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 14. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What an incredible thought. Not just that God brings light into the world or that Jesus is this light, but the promise is that Jesus says, look, those of you who live and who have my name on you, that believe in me as Lord, you are the light as well. And I think this is really important in our world to understand because sometimes it's easy to see darkness and be upset with the darkness for being dark. But whose fault is it that the world's not dark? It's the fault of the light not shining, right? It's not that darkness isn't doing its job, it's that the light isn't doing its job. And so what we're doing tonight is we're going to light candles in just a moment. I know the kids perk up when they hear that, right? When we light these candles, it's a reminder of the light within us that shines forth to all the world. Paul writes something incredible in Philippians 2 in the same theme. I want you to hear this. You're the light of the world, but hear even this. This is Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. I love what it says here. Then you will shine among them like stars. In the sky. What a beautiful image in the midst of darkness, right? Shine, stars that shine in the night sky. Do everything without grumbling and complaining. Remember that, kids, as much as you're looking forward to the light, right? And maybe all of us need to remember that in this season. We do everything without grumbling and complaining. We shine like stars in the night sky. It's been a tough year, hasn't it? Some of us know that in very personal ways. 
You never imagined at the beginning of the calendar this last year what would have happened or the diagnosis you would have received or the relationship that's no longer there with you. But it's also been a tough year beyond that in our world. We've seen the scenes out of Houston and the hurricane this last year. I'll never forget those images about earthquakes that have happened in our world. The fires right beside the 405 in LA that are still continuing to burn in places throughout our world. It's been a year filled with tragedies in Las Vegas and Sutherland Springs. But maybe you remember back to the news stories that day. A lot of darkness that we're told in the midst of that. But if you remember, maybe you remember a different scene, especially in Sutherland Springs, the night that event occurred. The people gathered like often happens when there's tragedy in our world. They gathered in the middle of the town. You remember what they did? They brought something with them. They brought candles with them. It's kind of an odd thought, isn't it? Candles? How do you fight darkness with with candles? That's not the story that would change much of anything in our world. That's a surprising idea. But we do this, don't we? Every time there's a tragedy, we tend to gather around and have a vigil of sorts, and we light candles. Why? Why candles? Why would that be such a significant act? Until we look back to what Scripture has to say, right? Because when God enters the world, he always enters in in the midst of darkness. And when he does so, he always brings light with him. And so they shine candles and they lifted prayers. Which brings me back to that question I asked at the beginning of our service. Why is it that we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? It's not because Christians early on believe that was actually the date that Jesus was born. We've lost that information. Scripture doesn't point out the direct date. The reason they began to celebrate the story of Jesus on December 25th was because that was when the light began to grow forth even stronger than it had been before. The winter solstice is that way, right? Solstice simply means sun stands still. And for a few days around December 21 or 22 every year, it seems as if the sun's standing still. But just a few days later, you can begin to notice that the days begin to grow longer. And with the days growing longer, you know that in the spring, there's going to be flowers that come forth. It's hard to believe every winter because the leaves are gone. But the reminder of December 25th is a day when we begin to see that the light grows again. That in the midst of a world filled with darkness, even this season, and the rhythm of it reminds us that God enters back in to bring new life. It would be really strange, and as I think about light, to shine Christmas lights. So, you know, our family loves to, to go out and look at Christmas lights on houses. And wouldn't it be odd if during the summer months you put lights up on your house? I mean, I, the kids would have to stay up until much later in the night to see those Christmas lights, right? Because the summer night, the sun continues to shine. But when it's dark, you can still go out and look at them and get them in bed in time, right? There's a need in the midst of darkness. There's a need in the midst of winter to be reminded that light will return, that vegetation is going to spring forth again. In just a few months, we'll tell another story, won't we? A story that happens around Passover time, a story about the resurrection of Jesus. It's a reminder that death gives way to life. It's amazing how this rhythm, this calendar happens. And this fourth candle that's here, this white candle in the middle, it It's the Christ candle. So we have hope and we have joy and we have peace and we have love. But this central candle is a reminder that Christ is the one who brings all the hope in our world. 
And so maybe each year when December 25th comes around, we need to remind ourselves of what Christians have been reminding each other for years on end, that in the midst of the dark world, in the midst of wondering if the light will spring forth, in the midst of wondering when Christmas break will be over, there's a light that's on its way. That Jesus comes and brings hope to our world. 2,000 years ago, a star marked the place where light entered into the world once again. And while one candle doesn't light up much on its own, it's amazing what can happen when one light turns into many. And so right now, I want us to light these candles. And remember that it's Christ who is the one who brings our light to be.